show. A lot of conversations that sure do flow. Local comedians, man, you need to see them, baby. So check out Lynn's show. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of You Have a Lot of Options. I, of course, am your host, Lynn Navratil. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, hit like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment uh, in, in Apple Podcasts. Leave five stars on Spotify. I still don't know what Google does for their podcast, but boy, oh boy, they're going to make you do it, and it'll make me look good if you do it. So please, for the love of God, do it! Uh, <laughs> we're already super aggressive, which is always great. <laughs> Uh, as has been uh, the reoccurring theme, we have a wonderful guest here today. Uh, I don't. I, this is one of those people that uh, I do admire. I do not know him that well, but boy, oh boy, we're going to get to know him. He is a local comedian, actor, uh, karate expert, taekwondo expert. Uh, he knows kind of everything. Please give it up for Mr. Davis DeRock, everybody. Yeah, highly aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get aggressive today. Let's talk to the martial arts guy. <laughs> do you consider? yourself the martial arts guy no i know I, but well you know maybe <laughs> i don't know i martial arts actually did get me into like a lot of things like if i had to go back in time <laughs> almost every decision i probably made like in my adult life was somewhere based in like martial arts even grocery shopping you're like let me yeah. get that cucumber i can use it to split somebody in yeah. half well I like i need to learn how to make ramen noodles <laughs> <laughs> wait can like, you make your own ramen no okay God, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, me, me and cooking is like the idea that i want to i'm like oh man i would love to cook and then i go buy all the ingredients and i just stare at it for a really long time and then i call my girlfriend i'm like hey what what's what's a uh What's a dab? What, what what's is a dab? What is this? Like a little, a little spritz of that, a little dab of this. I'm like, that's anytime you read instructions on like cooking, mm-hmm. I don't understand any of the instructions. They're always like, grab a pinch of that and a, and a dish of this and a dab of that. And I'm like, what are these words? First of all, they're not real. Are these real measurements? Is this how people measure things? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess it is. It, it's very much how they <laughs> measure things. It's also very much, uh, I feel like guys need numbers. I've discovered this a little bit like i am useless if i don't have any sort of a list or yeah or a number so if you're telling me hey you need like a half cup of this a fourth of this or a cup of this i'm like okay i can do that like just do what you feel yeah well and that's what what she said she's she's like i don't ever follow direction she's like i just do it if it feels right and i'm like yeah i'm scared of that (laughs) i don't think you understand how terrifying that is for me to make that decision right there i'm scared of my feelings is what i'm getting (laughs) (laughs) which is what we're here to unpack today davis (laughs) uh so one of the questions i actually had for you was the last one i wrote but it was i was writing all these and i was like wait what it because uh, I was right, okay, comedian, actor, does karate, does uh, taekwondo. What is, is cooking the thing that you're not good at, like the most thing you're not good at, or is there something that you're even worse at than oh, cooking? Oh, God. I, I don't I, See, that's like the question for me. That is the million-dollar question because <laughs> I'm like the uh, jack-of-all-trades and the master of none almost. Like my idea of like what I'm good at, I still sit at home and go – 
am I good at any of this stuff? <laughs> I'm like, I've been doing acting and, and uh, sketch comedy stuff for like 20 years. And I go, am I good at this? And I still have to like ask myself these questions. So that that's like such a... I don't know. It's 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 an interesting thought because I feel like that's we all deal with like that. Um, oh, was the uh, the syndrome where you imposter syndrome? Yeah, where you're like, oh man, are people gonna figure out I suck ass at all of these things? <laughs> I love the idea that you're just in your house looking at yourself in the mirror instead of saying, "What can't you do?" You're like, "What can't oh, yeah, you yeah. do? I need to find <laughs> out." Yeah, I'm like like the people who give themselves positive affirmations, like you're awesome, <laughs> you're sexy, and I'm like. Do you know what you're doing? Are you sure about that? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so uh, we did. Okay, so 20 years is a long time. I how I have to just ask. How old are you? I'm I'm 35. I turned 35 in uh, December 31st. You look amazing. Oh, thank you. You thank look you. like my older brother that dies in a fire, and I have yeah. to avenge. Uh, it's I bathe in the uh, children's blood of. <laughs> Ooh, you are an actor. I love it. <laughs> I've been finding virgins for years. No, <laughs> um, no I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think sometimes, like, the idea that I, I do live by that age is a number a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, it's all in the youth that you carry, you know, with yourself. Um, but, no, I've been lucky. I, I feel like I've aged probably a lot more in the last probably four years than I have in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> what has happened in the last not, four it's years? Just the state of everything. Like you just I, find out oh, you've been God. dating your girlfriend for four years. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, it's her. No, I'm just no, she's she's kept me very sane. Um, no, I think it's just in in it, it's as you get older, you just kind of start to see all the problems around you, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like at 35, there's still a lot of moments where I'm like, man, I didn't quite hit that goal that I was trying to go for mm-hmm. at like 26, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh shit, I thought I was going to be somewhere a little different here. And not to say that that's like necessarily a bad thing. I feel like, you know, we all make it where we're supposed to go at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of get into my head a lot about like, all right, have I, have I done the things that I thought I was going to do? And then I kind of look back and I watch where, you know, people were when we all started at the same spot mm-hmm. and just kind of sometimes how far ahead, like it feels like they are comparatively. And I go, mm-hmm. damn it, what did I do? Like, what direction did I go wrong here? You know, and maybe it is the idea that I'm 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 a jack of all trades. You know that I didn't necessarily put my focus into mm-hmm. just one thing and just like all right, this is what I'm doing. But I don't know. I just love learning so many different things that for me it was really hard to just go like all right, I'm only going to do this one thing because it's just like I love doing so many things. And so I don't know. It's I think I've just gotten a lot of stress over that, and then just kind of like again the state of the world and just kind of social media. You know, as much as I am on there for like ad- advertising my own stuff or following other people or whatever, I feel like, like damn, it's just thirty a, people died. And uh, thirty people died in Arkansas, uh, and there's a multiple cat video. I need right? To yeah, that. yeah. You're like, how do I process all that information? How do yeah? How do I process someone's status about like, you know, a miscarriage, and then like also over here, I'm like, oh man, I can't believe that they just went to uh, Hawaii. This is so pretty. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like. How do you process both of those things at the same time when you're scrolling simultaneously? You know? Like you're happy and sad, but you don't know for which one. Right, and you don't know how long to spend being either of those emotions. You know, <laughs> you're like, how long is it for me to grieve for this person I've probably talked to once? Right. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good point. Uh, 
of just trying to figure out, like, be sad, but also, like, I haven't seen them since home ec in ninth grade. Right. 13 years ago or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 so int- I feel like we've just got that, uh, and I do actually have ADD, but, like, we've got almost got that ADD brain where we're just going, like, okay, cool, 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 got it, cool. And then you realize you've been on social media for an hour. And yeah. you're like, oh, crap. And then I have realize, things to do. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh, wait, I haven't even wiped my butt yet. Okay, yeah, cool, yeah. now. I haven't even posted my own status about what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And you literally are just taking shit. Just like, yeah. hey, on the toilet. <laughs> hey, guys, just realized I haven't wiped my butt in an hour. Uh, real bummed about that. <laughs> totally just going to have to take a shower. Uh, it is stuck. <laughs> okay. So 20 years is – so you so you started doing everything when you were 15. Uh, yeah, so I started. Uh, I, I so I started martial arts uh, basically at the tail end of middle school. Um, I, I started karate, and then um, my father had bought a uh, like a video camera to film my mm-hmm. tournaments. And so a friend of mine and I would we would take the camera and we would just like set it up and just do these sketches and stuff. These just really ridiculous. Uh, just little moments of like, hey, it would be funny if we did that, you mm-hmm. know? And we had like an hour and a half of these things, mm-hmm. like just tons of content. You know, if I was a YouTuber at that time, I'd be killing it right now. <laughs> but uh, but then like we started, like I would choreograph fight scenes and stuff like that. And yeah. we would just like film them. Um, and then I realized, hey, wait, we can move the camera and put it over here. Oh my God, now it looks like one of those movies we watch, you know? <laughs> So the first, like, actual movie I ever made was, like, an Indiana Jones fan film. Yeah. You know, we took, like, we went to, I lived out in the country, so, uh, you know, our backyards had all these, like, brush and trees Mm. and stuff like that. So we just, like, we'd take the camera out there and just film, like, Indiana Jones searching for this thing, you know, Mm. and it was just a ton of fun. And I just found, like, an interesting love for that. I never thought that that would be something that I would want to do, Mm. but... I I just really enjoyed the process of it at the time. Like I enjoyed just like, all right, figuring out what this angle is, you know, or, or oh, hey, we have to like, you're going to play all the villains, you know, because mm-hmm. we only have two of us. So like we have to stop the camera. You have to get changed and not play this guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at one point we'd made this uh, really f- like cool Wolverine, you know, fan film where uh, we'd like cut out the blades of like paper plates and stuff like that. And uh, my friend, since it was just the two of us, he'd played like seven different villains. Mm-hmm. So it took us because at the time we didn't know we could edit on a computer. So we're in camera editing. So we have to stop. Like if we didn't like that, we had to rewind, go yeah. back, do it again. Film over it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what you got was what you got. So and he was changing outfits for this whole time. So we started, I want to say at like 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And we finished shooting at like. 6 Mm a.m. And we were like, man, that took a long time, but this was awesome. Man, this movie's going to be like an hour long. And we played it, and it was two minutes. And we went, (laughs) we both looked at each other and just went, what the fuck? (laughs) Because we were like, holy shit, that was two minutes. That took like 10 hours. What what the heck? (laughs) This is insane. And so that, that really got my mindset into like the process of filmmaking and just okay, so I'm watching, you know, real Indiana Jones. I'm watching, mm. like, you know, movies like Russia. I loved Jackie Chan at the time. You know, he was, like, one of my inspirations because of martial arts and all that. Mm. And so I'm just watching these movies, and I'm going, 
how long did it take to really make these things? Mm. Like these hour and a half long things. And so I don't know. It was just like learning all of that and finding out about the behind the scenes and stuff. And it just like intrigued me so much. And then I would show these movies to like my grandmother, uh, who is a pretty big influence on me. And she just was like, these are the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yes. You're just like, great. I can make Indiana Jones. Yeah, like, and then you get the this. cease and desist lore, uh, right. <laughs> letters. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, kid? yeah. Harrison Ford shows up at my door and he's like, hey, hey kid. kid. <laughs> That's a pretty good Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So you start making these films when you're 15. When is like, do you, do you? I don't want to ask, do you have a degree, but did you go to college for filmmaking? So, I wanted to. (laughs) No, I I wanted to go to college at KU. That's where a lot of my friends were going at the time. And uh, they were going into the film program uh, Mm -hmm. there as well. And so, because we were all making stuff together, I was like, well, this would be great. I would go to college with them. We would just make films together. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I actually uh, didn't have enough credits to get into the university, Mm -hmm. uh, to KU University. Um, because I was missing like a science credit or something in my high school, uh, and but you were able to graduate. Yeah, yeah, I know. So it it was interesting because uh, so my counselor at the time um, he kind of had it out for me a little bit. Uh, I had quit track, which he was the coach of, mm-hmm. and so when I had time to make up that credit, uh, I was a teacher teacher's aide instead, and he kind of like hey, yeah, you could be a teacher's aide and all this, even though he knew I needed a credit to get into this school. Mm. So uh, he didn't tell me that until about two months before I graduated. He was like, oh, by the way, you need, a, you need an extra science credit to get in. And I was like, are you serious, man? I've just spent like the last however many months being a teacher's aide and I could have been making that up because I had the time and I, I, I could have gotten into this science class right here. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to go. Um, well, mm-hmm. I get a, I, I was kind of like looking at like community college and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I get a pamphlet in the mail for a school called uh, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in Los Angeles. Yeah. And there's one in L.A. and there's one in New York. And I was kind of looking them up and I saw the people who kind of graduated from them. It was like Paul Servino and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. So there's some legit people who've gone to the school. I was like, well, I don't know. There's some auditions in Chicago, I guess. Yeah, I talked to my parents. I was like, hey, uh, you guys cool like driving me out here and me doing this, you know, because this is something I really, really want to pursue. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, let's go. So my parents loaded me up and, you know, I learned a couple monologues, went out there and uh, I ended up getting like a seven, seven thousand dollar scholarship. Hey. Yeah. And at the time uh, it was a two year conservatory, you know, it was just kind of a trade school, acting mm-hmm. school. Um, now they've opened it up to like uh, a degree and stuff like that. So you can get like a bachelor's in fine arts and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was just a two-year school. So I, I went out there and I, grad, I graduated high school, went straight out to LA, which mm-hmm. the dichotomy between like where I lived, which was very podunk country, you mm-hmm. know, no diversity. It's a culture shock. Oh man, yeah, it was like I was like out here and I was like, holy shit! Like this is could be very interesting for me because not only am I out here completely alone, um, but. I, I, it's just a big city. There's just a lot going on. There's a dude who's shaking his pants in the corner, and he has a development oh, yeah. deal. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, he's like, oh, just working on my headshots, man. <laughs> You're like, cool, cool. It's literally him character? just taking a photo of his penis and just sitting <laughs> yeah. in the middle. That's just for yeah, a headshot. Yeah, good headshots, bro. <laughs> I love the idea that your ca- that your school counselor had it out for you, and like, oh, he yeah. does this big reveal. 
And then at the end, he just pulls a lever. All the lights come down. He pours himself some scotch. Like, you know, Yeah, Davis, that was like, I think the season ladder. four ending of One Tree Hill. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it, it, it was crazy. It, it, everyone was like, you know, in small towns sometimes like that, people get petty about the stupidest shit. Yeah. And that was just one of those things where it was just like, okay, really, man? Like, it, it, and for me, maybe, you know, my, maybe I'm overshooting that. And it really was just mm-hmm. he wasn't thinking about it. Who knows? But it felt like the timing was just very much like, oh, well, you quit what I wanted you to do. So... Mm. Yeah, eighteen year old, eighteen yeah, year yeah. old who's quit my track team. Right, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. going to ruin your life forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, I see where this is going. I like them just doing an impersonation of my own voice right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I, <laughs> I have 27 years of doing my own voice. It's quite incredible. So when you go to LA. Do you have a moment where you're like, this is too big for me out here right now? Or do you just say, I, I'm, I gotta start smaller? You know, I, I, it, it was interesting. I, the, my first like week, well, no, actually, it's like my first night there. Um, I have like roommates and stuff like that, which I've never had before. You know, I've always, I've mm-hmm. been living with my folks and I finally have like roommates and I'm, I'm in a big, you know, nine, 12-story tower, uh, Park La Brea is where we lived, which is a bunch of different towers, mm-hmm. about, you know, 12 stories high, um, and I'm in my bedroom, and I'm just laying, I've kind of got the window open, and I'm just like, all right, so I'm in a city, this is what's going to be, and then I hear gunshots, <laughs> like, with it, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, well, this is not, actually, this isn't too far off in the country, you hear gunshots all the time, so I was like, you know what? <laughs> This is, uh, this is, this, I might be, I might fit in just well right here. <laughs> this might, might be okay. But no, I, I, it was, I was just laying in bed and I just thought to myself, I was like, you know, I'm not as uncomfortable as I thought I was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually feel like I got this. I got a handle on this. And my roommates were pretty cool. And I was like, I feel like the people I met today in my orientation, they all seemed really nice and people were pretty genuine. And mm-hmm. we're all in the same, you know, we're all doing the same thing. We're coming from out of town because a lot of no one's from LA. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, we're coming from out of town, and we're all young, and we're all just like hungry to learn this, and we're meeting new people. And I felt like because it didn't feel like I was just like the outsider, that we all were almost the outsider. Yeah, I, I we all kind of had a tribe together, so mm-hmm. it was kind of nice. It felt, uh, it felt pretty <clears throat> comfortable. You know, I almost wonder if I would have felt more uncomfortable going to like the university. Yeah. Than I would have going to there because I knew we were all there for like the same thing. And then you find out that they're the ones that are like, yeah, we got to fucking kill Davis. Like, yeah, yeah. We can't yeah. let him get any of these auditions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You realize how brutal it is. I think it was my teacher. He, we're sitting in class and there's probably, I don't know, like 22 of us. And my teacher goes, yeah. Um, so just realistically, just so you guys know, uh, one of you will actually walk out of here and, and get work. <laughs> and I was like, well, I hope it's me. <laughs> this is going to be a nightmare. And then he just throws down a gun and he's yeah, like, yeah, he's decide like, who. See who what if you actually killed the one with talent? Like, there was oh, one. God, yeah. There's one person who's like, yeah, kid deserves it. Let's kill him. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom had kind of something similar with her uh, when she was, like, becoming a lawyer. Like, mm-hmm. her, like, first class, her first day, her professor looked around and he was like, uh, I love looking at a room of people that have never failed a class before, 
and realizing that and seeing the look in their eye when they realize they're about to fail mine. And then the next day, half the class had quit. And he said, okay, now we've got the losers out of the way. Let's begin. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, that's just wild. That's just – I don't know what is with college yeah. professors and making you be afraid of their class. Right, yeah. You're like, aren't hold on. Aren't you supposed to be giving me some, like, positive affirmations that I can do it or something? And it's like, no, 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 no. Your parents were supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, there's a difference between being yeah. real and just being scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, and I, I never I, – there was only one of my teachers that really, like, kind of put the fear of God in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, funny enough, it was my film teacher, uh, my film acting. Um, he, would, he would very much, like, be the guy who's, like, looking at the screen. So we'd have the camera set up. We'd do our scene. Mm-hmm. And during our scene, he'd be like, that's bad acting. Stop it. And he'd just, like, hitting the TV screen. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay, uh, uh, you know, and, like, come – okay. And he's like, no, 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 that's bad. Stop it. Stop. I don't want you to try to cry. Stop trying to cry. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. talk, to, talk to your mom. Talk to – you know what I mean? And just go – and you're just like, oh, and by the end of it, you're just bawling. And you're like, I don't even know why anymore, you know? And he's just like, that, that's, that's an acting. That's it. And you're like, no, this, is, this isn't acting. This is real feelings. I feel like shit. You know, you're like, what are you talking about? What happened to the portrayal of characters? I was like, I just feel like ass right now. There was no acting. There was like yeah, playing a drug addict, but I'm doing heroin on the corners every night, man. What are you talking about? So are you originally from Kansas City? Uh, so I was born in Washington State, um, moved to like St. Charles, Missouri when okay. I was really young, then back to Washington uh, my dad, he worked at a, a at the time Boeing. Um, it's a air airplanes building airplanes and stuff like that. Okay. And so he traveled around a lot. Um, gotcha. So we moved from there to Wichita, Kansas, where I had a lot of diversity, like in grade school and stuff like that, actually. And then by the time I was about ten years old, we moved out to the country, like east of Wichita, okay, um, to like Augusta. So uh, it, it, it and that was a culture shock too, because again, I'm going from like a lot of diversity to just like none it's just like Mm -hmm. a lot of country people you know and i'm i that's where i felt like okay now i'm the outsider Mm -hmm. because i'm like totally you know hey what's uh everybody likes riding horses and and doing farm shit and i'm over here like i'll film it yeah (laughs) uh, all right um, but then but yeah but then i i spent uh middle school through uh high school there and then i moved straight out to la so then when do you come so to Kansas City? So I come City? to Kansas City after uh, my car basically breaks down on me in L.A. Mm-hmm. And um, this is after I graduate, about a year after I graduate my school. I'm out there, my car breaks down on me, and I can't get, like, anywhere. Because mm-hmm. Uber doesn't exist. You can get a cab, you know, you can take the bus. But for, like, auditions and stuff, if you had, like, a few auditions in a day, mm-hmm. like, you just can't really rely on a bus out there. Everything's just too spread yeah. out. Yeah. So is so, this 07 or 08? This was 07, okay. almost 08. And I'm, I'm out there going, fuck, man, like I can't. I just, I, I worked at uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp on City Walk. Hell you know, yeah. <laughs> which is, it was awesome. I loved it. I worked with really cool people and it was super busy and fun. But I, I was just like, I can't sustain life out here because A, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I'm not making enough to really pay for the rent out there, even mm-hmm. though it was lower at the time. And um, there's like 78 of you living right. in studio Right, and I got, I got so lonely. Like, it, it was weird because I had a lot of friends out there, but fuck, no one was driving to see each other because mm-hmm. everything's, again, it takes so long to get anywhere that by the time people are like, ah, I'm just going to stay home. Yeah. So it got really, really lonely for me. I got super sick with the flu, and I was just like, this is a nightmare. I hate this. Like, I, I feel like ass right now. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back home for a little bit, and I'm just going to like 
build up funds, make some stuff, you know, and then I'm going to come back out. So I moved back with my parents for a few months and then I get into like a really terrible relationship, like just awful relationship that, that kind of just almost pulls me out of like my entire life mm. as far as like, all right, well, I'm going to quit acting. I'm going to quit this. I'm going to just do this and, and then I'm going to live, you know, whatever, mm. I guess. Like, I guess this is life now. Mm-hmm. And it basically just broke me down. It was just a really abusive a relationship. And at one point I'm down at like the lowest I've ever been. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I need to not be here. Like I want to act and I want to do this. And I know my friends are in Lawrence, Kansas right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, I'm going, that's it. I'm moving. Like I'm moving here and I'm, I'm just going to do my thing and I'm going to get away from this person. Mm-hmm. And so it, it worked out. Like I was able to get away. I moved to Lawrence and I I was like, all right, this is my focus. Like, mm-hmm. so I just started making a shit ton. kept making a shit ton of like short films and stuff with my friends. Um, eventually, uh, met a woman, <clears throat> got married and moved to Kansas city. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. Like now I'm in Kansas city, which is bigger than Lawrence. And I'm meeting a lot of the filmmakers here and just realizing how much like independent film is really going on here. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, this is great. This is awesome. So this is a nice kind of stepping stone and I'm going, but I'm not in L.A. where yeah. I said I was going to be like, oh, I don't know, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm still going, OK, what do I do from here? Well, just through that process, I end up, you know, getting divorced mm-hmm. and still just kind of trying to. All right. Where do I go from here? Do I want to go to L.A. anymore? L.A. is mm-hmm. becoming like really saturated and it's just so freaking hard to make it out there. Or do I want to like move to um, a slightly bigger area, you know, be mm-hmm. a be a bigger fish in a, in a, in a smallish pond, you know, but it mm-hmm. still has opportunities. So it's looking at like going to Atlanta, going to Albuquerque. Um, what is an Albuquerque? So, well, Netflix opened a studio out there and they've got like some contracts, I think with NBC and stuff like that. So they've been doing a lot of like, there's a lot of shows on Netflix right now that have been shot in Albuquerque. Okay. Um, and they do a lot of Westerns too, actually. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, that yeah. makes sense. So, and, and one of our friends, uh, one of my, um, good friends moved out to Albuquerque. Uh, his name's Chris Bilsma. He's been doing stuff since he moved out. Like, it's like he moved away from Kansas City and then he just like started like flying. Like he was getting a lot of parts. And then there's always the joke that if you move away from Kansas City, people want you in Kansas City movies. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you could be here, be awesome, be super talented, but you got to move away if you want to get jobs here. Oh, yeah, no. That's yeah. 100% accurate. Yeah, and it's, 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 I know maybe that's with anything, you know. I actually think in the, even in the comedy world sometimes that's how that works a little bit. No, I've, I've definitely canceled some stuff because someone's offered me a show because I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going out of town anymore. I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, 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 and it, I mean, out of town costs a lot of money. If you're doing it a lot, it does. It's like it starts to add up, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it, it's funny because it's like when you're in Kansas City, if you're, you know, uh, auditioning for agencies or something like that, they're always like, well, I want you to live here to be in this agency. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. But then you'll move away and people will be like, hey, but we'll hire you out of town here. You're like, how is it, how is it that you can't bring me from here to there? Yeah. But if I'm there, you can bring me back to here. Like, that idea just, I don't know, it, it bugged me. No, it's very its very wild because it makes it seem like you're at fault more than they are, oh, essentially. Right, yeah. Which is, it feels like the the entertainment world is a lot of, like, ping pong of, uh, no, it's your fault. No, it's your right. fault. No, it's your fault. Well, and I was trying to get an agent in L.A., which 
you know, I, when I'm, so in 2011, um, when I got engaged, uh, I had met one of my best friends, uh, Chad Crenshaw, and we started making films together. And so we've been doing like filmmaking together for about a decade now. And uh, we both were like trying to get agents outside of, of mm -hmm. Casey and stuff. And he got signed with an agent in Los Angeles. And I was like, hey, do you think, you know, um, since we make stuff and you know them, is there any way that I could just like submit through them and we could show them some of the stuff we make and whatever? I think I submitted like my headshot and resume and stuff. And at one point they were like, oh, no, we've got a we've got a tall white guy with brown hair. And I was like. Oh, cool. <laughs> I was like, good. This good, isn't good, the good, Avengers. Good, 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 good. You need yeah, yeah. more of me. Yeah, I was like, what? Are you, what? I was like, okay, but are they good? Like that was the idea. You know, we got a tall guy with brown hair. Cool. Can they act? No. Nah, I don't care. Give them to me. <laughs> we can get them wherever we need it, I guess. But yeah, it's just like the industry is. I don't know. It's, it's such a weird industry, and I get it because from a standpoint of like an artist. You kind of are like, what about the art? What about the talent? What about this? What about that? Mm -hmm. But it's like you almost have to somewhat throw all that away. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the business. And you go, how do we make the most money? Yeah. How do I make them money, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what they're looking at most of the time. They're going like, what do I need this like tall white guy with brown hair, you know, to make me money? Yeah. Well, that's an A business. Right. That's sports. That's comedy. Yeah. That's act. That's entertainment. It's very much of what can you do for me now, right. and how much money can you make for me now? If you can do it, you can do it. Right. So when do you start doing like stand up? Um, so I again, I started with like a lot of sketch comedy. So I did a lot of like sketches and stuff. Even with like the fight scenes, I was choreographing. Like they right. were usually a funny movie. Mm -hmm. So I I had been making like comedy movies for a long time, and then I would do stage like theater and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. improv and whatever, and do comedy through there. Um, and at one point, uh, well, I I wanted to do stand up just because. I enjoy making people laugh in general. Mm -hmm. That's like just something I've always loved to do. I do it in conversation. I do it just in daily life. I love laughing. Mm -hmm. And uh, stand-up terrified me. Like the mm -hmm. idea that it's – I don't get a I, – I mean in my head I'm going, I don't get to pre-write this stuff. But I mean that's mm -hmm. all you're doing is pre-writing and like yeah. you know rehearsing it. But you don't think about it that way when you're watching it sometimes. You're going, no, I'm up there, and I just have to, like, come up with things, right? <laughs> and I, I'm watching, uh, weirdly enough, I'm watching the show Crashing yeah. uh, with Pete Holmes, and I'm, I'm just going, man, okay, so this is, like, pre-writing. Like, this is it. You are writing your material. You are rehearsing your material. You are bouncing ideas off of people. You, mm -hmm. you, yes, you get up there, and, and it's on you, which I also kind of like that. It's on you. Like, it's your job to make these people laugh, right? And they want to laugh. That's the other idea. It's like, you go to a comedy show, you're there because they want to laugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. if you're not making them laugh, I know there's like, I'm, I'm on a tangent here, but I know there's like, a lot of comedians sometimes get mad at the audience because they're like, oh, well, you're not laughing at me, so it's you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, or maybe not, you know, or maybe it's you, you know, yeah. who knows? Or maybe the audience just doesn't resonate with your material. You never know. There's so many reasons. But that was always the terrifying part for me, right? Is what mm -hmm. if I get on stage and they don't laugh? Is that my fault or theirs? Sometimes I'll get on stage and I'll... <laughs> 
I feel like they're more agreeing with me, but they aren't laughing. It's right. more of like, instead of like, ha that's so funny. Like, oh, th- that's like, a good oh, point. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm well, like, no, that's not yeah. the point of this. Yeah, you've, it's, it's intelligent humor, right? Where they have to think about it, so they're not laughing because they're thinking about it. Nothing about my uh, jokes. Uh, <laughs> <telling them. laughs> uh, but but I, I was watching the show, and I went, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Because even if I fail, I at least know that this is something that I am good at and want to continue or it's something that didn't re- you know didn't resonate with me and it's not my form of comedy that I want to do mm-hmm. right so I said I'm going to find out one of these things either way yeah so I go to at the time I was just looking up different mics this was in 2019 um, I'm looking up different mics and uh, I look up the Rhino. I see the Rhino and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, they got one every Wednesday. I'm going to pop over there and just watch one. I just want to see how an open mic works. Because the last time I went to an open mic was when I was in LA and I went to watch a friend of mine who was performing mm-hmm. and it was at a coffee shop called uh, Groundworks. Mm-hmm. And uh, while, I, while I'm watching this, like the amount of just weird homeless people that just went up and performed hell yeah i was like what (laughs) is happening i think that's probably what actually scared me away from stand-up for a minute because (laughs) you just think you just think stand-up is that's why i was just like what the (laughs) fuck is going like people would just get up and make noise And, like, one guy was just wearing a mask. He just goes up to them. It might have been one of the most intel, like, fucking brilliant things I've ever seen. He just goes up with a mask, grabs the mic, and just goes, for, like, a minute and a half. And I was like, what? This is awesome. I was like, I don't I'm know glad to see what that this Colby is. Cusick was in there. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's back. He came back. Um, but <laughs> but I was just like, is this like a performance art piece? What is happening? Some people would just go up and quote movies. They would just quote And I was like, is this how oh, is this what I would have to do? <laughs> is this art? Like- yeah, I was like, this, so this is what I have to do? I was like, this feels weird. Oh my god, that's so, so funny. That's what you think stand-up is for the first like, like eight this years. This is just people making noise? <laughs> How do you get to be uh, like John Mulaney status here? What is that? Like, you know, what? How? When do you get to tell jokes? That's what I was wondering. I was like, hey, just curious. When do people start telling jokes? <laughs> um, you just go up and yell in mics for your first two years. That is what yeah. stand-up is. You're just yelling into a mic. You're just yelling at people for two years. And then the third year, you're like, I'm going to try to tell a joke. Um, but yeah, no. So I go to the Rhino, and I'm watching, and I'm like, oh, people actually telling jokes. Oh, man, people actually have material. Okay, cool. Oh, this is some of these people are pretty funny. Like it's nice. It wasn't. It, the, I, I'll say the uh, the percentage of people who weren't funny uh, or, or who were funny far overshot like the people who was well, greater than or equal yeah, to. Yeah, and, and I was I was impressed by that. I was like, awesome. That's that to me that gave me hope because at the other time I was like it's just a lot of people making noise and then my friend was pretty funny and I was like I don't know what the, maybe it's because he went to acting school and so he just is good at the improv stuff mm-hmm. and whatever and. You know, maybe that's what it was, but like, I, it was nice to actually see like comedy happening. You know, where you're watching like back in the day, I used to just watch like Comedy Central all the time, and mm-hmm. I'd watch the little five minute, you know, segments. Like people would go up, like ten people would go up and do like five minutes, and I just like loved, loved, loved watching comedy. And so seeing how that just felt very similar, I was like, cool. I definitely want to do it here at mm-hmm. least. Um, so the next week, I you know came up with. Uh, a few minutes of material 
and I told a few friends that I was coming out, and it was like 15 of my friends showed up. Mm-hmm. Which at the time you're like, this is amazing. I'm killing, right? Like you're mm-hmm. like, oh sweet. But it, it really was like it, it, when you start doing comedy for a while, like and maybe you can uh, attest to this. But when you see a person going up for the first time and they bring all their friends, like you almost have a weird moment of going like, oh great, they're only gonna laugh at them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of. I have more of a sense of. Pity, not pity. Not uh-huh. I feel. I feel worried for their friends. Like, oh boy, you're gonna sit through ten of us, followed right. by another ten of us, and then your bud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but I, I had almost the opposite feeling where I went, oh man, I wonder if they're gonna chase this feeling the rest of the time, right? <laughs> when when it's like, yeah, your friends show up that first show, but then you go to the next show and you're like, oh shit, nobody's here. <laughs> like, dude, now is my material funny? If I could tell like myself. Eight years ago, because I'm getting really close to the eight-year mark for yeah. how long I've been doing this, which is really weird to say out loud. Uh, I would probably have told myself, don't tell anybody except for Sierra that you do stand-up. Because I, I w- because the way like I look at it, like mm-hmm. a lot of friends came to like some of the very early shows, some of the very early mics, and a lot of them were bringer shows. And I like looking back on like. I had this conversation yeah. with somebody last week where I was just like, they were not great. And they were like, no, you did good. I was like, no, they were not great. I know the jokes I said. They, yeah. I'm much better than I was then than I am. I'm much better now than I was then, but I know in eight years' time, I hopefully will be better than I am then than I am now. Yeah. What, what was nice about – I will say this. What was nice about my audience uh, like of friends is a lot of them are artists and filmmakers and stuff. So they already are critiquing your shit before you even get up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there, there's almost the idea that like I knew that they wouldn't necessarily fill me full of crap. Yeah. And try to be like, no, you're really funny, man. Like they'd be like, hey, yeah, you had some good stuff, you know. But like, yeah, they they would let me know. So it was nice when I started seeing these faces in the crowd. I was like, cool. I've got the positive affirmations that I need as far as like people showing up. So I mm-hmm. feel comfortable going up and doing this in front of my peers. Mm-hmm. But I also know that they're gonna tell me if I need a lot of work or not yeah and the nice thing was is they went you know what man that was pretty damn good and i went awesome and they were like i could see where you could slow down or pacing or you know whatever Mm. which that's always kind of been my like the thing that i'm constantly working on is like my pacing Mm -hmm. like i i tend to when i get nervous like just speed through shit you know what i mean instead of letting those moments hang and stuff like that too and, and yeah, I think, and I think that's a normal thing to do. Is like you're like, I just want to get this over with. Oh my god, this is a nightmare. <laughs> Jokes, ha, dude. Yeah, one on. of the <laughs> one of the mics this week. It was on a Wednesday. The first like three or four comics. And for everyone listening, yeah, most of the people listening are probably comics. I love you to death, and everyone yeah. that listens to us, thank you. But the major, the first four or five comics were supposed to do five minutes just at like a mic. I think we got through the f- most of them within like. The first five within <laughs> ten minutes, which is impressive. I was yeah. like, okay, we're speeding through this. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna get out of here by nine. This is gonna be a good night. <laughs> That's like when I went to the comedy club for the first time. Um, there's like that moment where you go, I'm gonna be here all night. <laughs> this is there's so many people. Like sometimes I'm glad sometimes people put a cap on things, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, yeah, if you got there and signed up, cool. We're gonna take the first twenty five people, right? Yeah. But sometimes you go and you're like, oh my god. There's 40 people here. 
you're like, this is gonna, this is gonna take forever. There's, uh, I don't mind the cap. In my head, I start counting though, because I'm like, okay, this person, this person, this person, this person, this person are definitely gonna be there, yeah. depending on who's gonna be. I, and that it doesn't necessarily steer me away, but I'm like, okay, if I don't get there by a certain time, then there's no point in me going right. there at all. Even though I, I feel like I could still try to finagle my way in there, but yeah. I don't like doing that. I do like with a comedy club though that uh, a lot, and I love the comedy club to death. Sometimes the people that are out there, I've never seen anywhere else. And I get that. It's just because, like, it's close yeah. to them, so they come to that, and that's totally fine. If that's the only thing that they can do, do what you can do. I still want everyone to yeah. come out and perform. But also, go to other mics. Like, yeah. go to – if you go to – if you go to the gym one day a week, it's – you'll see results, but they won't be the results that you want, and they won't be at the speed that you right. want. When if you're going to, like, three, four, five other spots a week, it's at least helping. Also, I want to come back to something that you said – about how like sometimes like the audience is there at the laugh. I was at a show three weeks ago where I don't know if the audience knew where they were at. Yeah, they probably thought they were at a funeral. No, like, dude. What is happening? Well, they were like sitting there. And they were, <laughs> I thought Sammy they, died last week. They What's paid going on? good money yeah. to be there too. And I was just like, at a certain point, like the feature comes off and he's like, yo, they're not feeling anybody. And then like the headliner goes up and they do wonderful, like I'm in the crowd like laughing and like at a certain point I'm like, why isn't, there's not enough people laughing at this person right now. More people need to be enjoying this. And that was like, it's really weird because it, I don't get paying good money to see a show and not enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah. Like my my mom has – and I'm in the fault too of having just a very loud laugh. But at least I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Do you think that's something where – because I, I've had this where like I'll tell – I'll be going over my jokes with like my girlfriend and uh, I'll be like – Watching her face. What's your girlfriend's name? Shauna. Shauna, I'm so sorry. I uh, I do the same thing with Sierra. We we love you both, uh, <laughs> and we will try to never do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we we're, yeah we're sorry we make you listen to the same jokes eight times over and over again. What about this tag, babe? And she's like, I'm cooking dinner. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I've already heard this joke, and I'm not laughing out loud. It's not that I don't think you're funny. It's that I've heard the joke a million times. Um, no, but like, I'll watch her face, and she'll be like, look. Like and I can tell she's enjoying the joke, but she's not laughing, right? And I'm going, so like, is the joke funny or not? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, no, it's funny. I'm just like, it's not like ha 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 funny. I'm trying to watch Ninety right. Day Fiance. Yeah, Davis. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I wonder sometimes if the audience is just full of that, right? It's not necessarily. It just happened to be all the people that showed up, or the high percentage of the people that showed up are the ones that don't laugh out loud, but they think you're funny. But as as you know, comedians, we need to hear it, right? That's our validation is the yeah. hearing of it, so that we know where we can pace ourselves. Or, or or oh, okay, now I know that joke hit. But when it's like a bunch of people are just looking at you and maybe they're smiling or maybe they're kind of like yeah, nodding their head, you're like, I can't tell if you like that joke or if I need to switch up and go to some other material here. Yeah, I don't ever want clubs or shows to ever be like full light everywhere. But uh, I I don't. This is a very hot take right now. If clubs were, if clubs and theaters were lit all the way, I think comedians would be less prone to bombing just because we get to see. Okay, they're at least smiling. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But then also, you just see all the hatred of just like you. Th- you've said seven abortion jokes in a row. <laughs> God damn yeah. it! When you see just silhouettes of heads. <laughs> 
like just sitting in the background. It's just all silhouettes of heads and you tell a joke. You're like, uh, did we just replace people with cardboard cutouts at this point? Because <laughs> I'm confused. I feel like I'm like performing for Men in Black right now. Yeah. Like I'm not sure what's happening. I would I would perform at Men in Black. <laughs> I want to perform at Men in Black so bad right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I but I think I think for me, like when I had my friends there, like it gave me the confidence to go back. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. It's like I went, all right, here's the thing. I know my jokes are landing, so now I just need to work on those jokes, mm-hmm. right? And now I need to come back when it's more people that I don't know. And that was that was what really set me forward on that. I think I I can honestly say in the uh, few years I've been doing this now that I have yet to really bomb. And I'm okay with that, but I know I will, right? I know mm-hmm. it's going to happen eventually. It's going to be material that's good. Like, that's the thing. You don't bomb necessarily with bad material. You bomb with good material because that's when you go, all right, I said everything I needed to say and it still didn't go through. And mm-hmm. that's the part that cuts you deep, right? Because yeah. you're going, now you're going, fuck, am I good at this? If I did all my best material and still didn't kill, mm-hmm. that's crazy. But then you go, okay, if I did shitty material or if I, I delivered things wrong and bombed, it's like, oh, yeah, well, that made sense. I fucking sucked, you know? I was about to attack that point, and then I did think about just, like, you never go on stage with something that you think is going to bomb. You do you do legitimately. It hits best, you. This is the best point I've ever made in my life. It hits and you then you say it, spot. and everyone's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh. Oh yeah, no. I, the this silence, the, wrong the silence that comes from telling a joke you've heard laughs from plenty of times, is like a weird cut. It's a deep cut because you go, "Fuck! Why didn't I hit with these people? Like, why didn't this hit? You know?" Mm-hmm. And then you start to second guess yourself. It's hard to second guess yourself if you know you sucked, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's where you go, like, "Ah, okay. Well, I know I did. So of course, I think the one time like in my head that I I totally bombed." It was funny because it was it was uh, after I'd been going to the Rhino for a while. Um, they finally put like I used to be in the top twenty as far as like where they would put me. Like I'd be mm-hmm. somewhere in like the latter half of the the show, right, yeah. or the latter three quarters. Um, the, uh, they finally put me like second, right? But I was following Philip fucking Morris, who does That's all these, fun. these musical acts. It was so high energy, right? Mm-hmm. It's the first thing you hear of the entire night is this high energy music and everyone's laughing. And in my head, I'm like, my shit is depressing as fuck. <laughs> I was like, I, this is my depressing material. I'm doing something completely different than what I did like a week before. I was like, I was doing all this goofy stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to talk about like death. And where I'm at in suicide. And I was like, and I was in my head, I was like, no, 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 don't put me after him. Stop singing board yeah, games. Stop like, singing no. about board games. Right. And so I get up there, and, and this was one of the times that was like the audience was pretty short on just like regular humans showing up, and a lot of it was a lot more comedians. So they're all thinking about their own jokes, they're all in their heads, whatever. And you know, we all know it's hard to get laughs from comedians. We do, mm. it's just a thing, you know, it happens. But we all know it's a thing, and I get up there, and I tell my jokes, and maybe, like, I get, like, maybe two laughs. And I'm going, they are never going to put me second again. (laughs) They're going, Davis is depressing as fuck. We had all this high energy, and you killed it, man. What are you doing? And so, like, I totally was in my head. I got out. I was like, I got, like, no, I was was the worst I've ever been. And some of that material in my head, I was like, was pretty good. 
So I got off stage and I was like, well, this sucks. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I definitely don't want to do that again. It's always interesting, uh, especially when you're the one that kills it. Yes. Like, you're the one that kills energy because there'll be, like, someone very talented, like Aaron Naylor or Steven or Brittany Tyler or whoever, like, will go in front of you and they'll do wonderful. And then you'll go up. And you'll just bring it down, and then the person after you, yeah. like uh, like Amira, Ty, whoever, like they just kill it afterwards. Right, right. So you're the you're the filling for this good sandwich, but <laughs> yeah. you're the shit you're filling. The shit so you're just like, God damn it, man! I need to. And every it's always been after every great show I've had. Every time I've mm-hmm. gone to an open mic or something like that, like ever after every great show where I'm like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. The immediately once I go up, I. I bomb. I, yeah. I've just kind of prepared for it, but I, like, I go up and like I'm gonna feel like shit just because it's not like a club or it's not a show or it's not like a show saying where people like come to watch it. Yeah. It's always like, like you were saying, it's mostly comics. There's some audience members in there because they're like, I like to laugh, and then they realize they don't like to laugh at this. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's an interesting like dichotomy between uh, like how much practice you need and how the work you've been doing has kind of like been your training right Mm. so the idea like i i there was a point where and i probably got in my own head about this but there was a point where i kind of got sick of being the last like four comics to go up right going to open mics knowing that i do have funny material knowing that i've been entertaining people for like 20 years right knowing that i've been doing comedy just in a different form Mm -hmm. right but i have been training i have been doing the work i have been doing all these things knowing that my material has been pretty damn good and that i've been getting shows Mm -hmm. and then always being put in like this weird like last category of comics like it kind of got in my head a little bit mm-hmm. where I'm like, is this because of what you guys think of me or is this because my material needs work? Because mm-hmm. one of these is true, right? Yeah. And and so like I think between just like doing filming and whatever, like I have taken a little hiatus from like going to open mics and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, just because of timing and busy. But like there was a certain point where I had to go, I don't need people to tell me how much training I need because you need to see me at an open mic, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need to see me to validate me. I put in the work Mm -hmm. and I've been doing it for years. You just never saw that, Mm -hmm. right? And there's uh, there's this weird spot where sometimes I feel like comedians kind of dictate other people's training, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you're good enough. And you go, mm, not necessarily, not for everyone, right? There are people that do need to be going out there and getting up on stage and, mm-hmm. and learning their pacing and learning these things. And we're all there. We're always learning, right? Mm-hmm. But there is a point where I think sometimes you just have to recognize like, hey, you know what? They're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like we need to give them credit for that. And I think sometimes that doesn't always happen in mm-hmm. this area. And I think that, that, and that that's true for film too. Like there's a, there's an interesting pettiness that sometimes comes out of things mm. and it's kind of like you want the under, underdog to succeed yeah. until they kind of start succeeding and then you go and then you start to like get weirdly like, oh shit, are they succeeding over me though? Yeah. Or like they hold up, are they taking my work or that, you know what I mean? And then you almost like, oh, I got to pull you back here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's something that I've noticed here and, and maybe that is happening everywhere else too and I'm just not seeing it, right? Because I'm not there. Mm. Um but that's that's one thing I think about like communities in general, uh, and especially with comedy that I have watched happen mm-hmm. a lot. And I don't know, I don't know if that's you know 
I think that's everywhere. I think yeah. it's every community. There's always, like, factions of people where they're just, like, a little bit petty and a little bit jealous. But just – I've always just thought just push through it and just be the best that you yeah. can be. Now, I will say we are kind of wrapping up here. I always ask one question towards the sure. end. What is the one thing that you feel like you don't get to talk about enough? Oh, one thing I don't – ooh, that's a heavy question. It doesn't need to be a heavy answer either because uh, my favorite examples of that is Kaylee brought up uh, that she doesn't get to talk about candy enough. Brittany brought up <laughs> the fact that uh, Ariana Grande needs to sing country songs more often. I think that's why it was. It's been a long time. Amber yeah. brought up ADHD symptoms that are undiagnosed a lot. So it kind of be whatever you want. Um, you know what? I don't think we get to talk about how uh, how Keanu Reeves is a good actor. <laughs> I'm so happy about this one. <laughs> I agree with this 100%. <laughs> he is a good actor. And I, I disagree with anyone that says he's a bad actor because here's the thing. A, a, a good actor isn't necessarily good at just delivering their lines. Mm. A good actor also knows the placement of like the camera, knows how to work the camera, knows how to get the audience involved. And I don't think there's a single human in this world that has watched the Keanu Reeves movie and not been 100% interested in what's happening, even when he sucks at delivering lines. And that, to me, is like, you're going to watch him forever. The b- the beautiful thing about Keanu is that we all know the story at this point. It's not even like a legend about how Will Smith got offered the Matrix over Keanu. Yeah. And he just, the, the Le- not the Lebowskis, the, the Wachowski sisters didn't, like, pitch it well enough, mm-hmm. essentially. And he said no to it. But I think about, like, if Will Smith had been in the Matrix, I don't genuinely think it would have worked. Oh, no. Because the part of, like, what makes, what sells the Matrix is that at any given point, Keanu doesn't, you can believe that this dude doesn't know what's happening. Oh, right. No, Will Smith would have been too cool, I feel like. Like, he would have been, like, too cool of the guy learning what's going, like, he would have known what's happening before it was happening, right? Mm -hmm. Like, before they even jacked him in, he's like, I'm gonna know Kung Fu. You know what I mean? Like, that would have happened right before. Um... Yeah, no, Keanu Reeves, like, his, and it's the thing, it's like, he knows what he's good at, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, he's a guy that, uh, it, like, Tom Cruise almost, I don't want to say, well, Tom Cruise is kind of an adrenaline junkie, but, like, he, you know, Tom Cruise is really, really good at doing action, like, a lot of people sit back and they like or don't like Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. he's a phenomenal actor, uh, human, you know, but, like, phenomenal <laughs> actor. Uh, but, like, he knows where he kind of belongs, right? Like, he mm-hmm. knows what he's good at. And I think Keanu Reeves is the same way. Like, everything he has just killed in has been, like, a martial arts something. Where I was like, I'll watch this guy perform any day of the week when he is doing some sort of action. Because that's, like, that's that's where he gets to mm-hmm. go, all right, I'm going to spend months training for this thing. Mm-hmm. And you see it, and it works. You know, and then that kind of like dedication and motivation and and still like him being so involved in Hollywood, but coming out like on the other side clean and mm. and still a good person and doing the, you know what I mean? Like I, this is really just a ploy to become Keanu Reeves' best friend. So, I do want to be a, um, uh, it, Keanu, just so please just be the know, silver surfer. That's all I want yeah, right now. Just find uh, this podcast <laughs> and just be my best friend um, and ride motorcycles with Have me. Have you seen Definitely My <laughs> Baby? I haven't, no. So Keanu does, is in it, but he plays like a 200% version of himself. And at one point, like they go to this uh, sensory deprivation, like uh, like restaurant where they just put headphones on. And it is, 
it's one of my favorite scenes in a movie uh, for a comedy movie when he walks in and uh, Randall Park is like the main actor in it that's losing his girlfriend. Oh, wait, no, I have seen this. Yes, 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 because yes, 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 yes. he plays her date, right? Yes, he plays yes, her date yes. and he comes into sale. Oh, Randall my God. Park, Randall Park is just like, I have to go against Keanu Reeves. But doesn't he wants to wrestle him at <laughs> yes, one point? Yes. Like, oh, God, yeah, it's so great. You're just like, what is happening? There's a part of you that goes, man, if. If he was like this in real life, I still love him. I'd like still be you're okay still with like this. Yes, yes, more Keanu Reeves. I think we just all need a little more Keanu Reeves in we our life. We all need a little more Keanu, uh, and we all <laughs> need a little bit more Davis to rock. Thank you for being here, <laughs> yeah, my friend. Thank you. Uh, three questions before we wrap on up. All right. One, did you have fun? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Two, are we friends? Yes, yes, I just <laughs> went, I just had to leave a little intentional. I've had pause a couple. There. I've yes. had a couple of people where the pause has been way too extended, so I said, "Okay, that's fine." The, 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 the podcast just cuts off from that point. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> well, my mom told me she was like, "I'm not your friend." And I was like, "Okay, that's fine." Uh, <laughs> and three, who is somebody that if I had them on this podcast, they would be fun to talk to. You would listen to them. You think other people would listen to them? Who is somebody that you would think would be fun to have on here? From Kansas City, or that I can realistically talk that you to. You can realistically talk to because some people have said Obama, and I'm like, okay, I will. Oh, but yeah, I give him a call. Shoot him a Twitter. I think message. he's a little busy. Um, someone that's fun to talk to. You know what? Uh, it's funny because you said you ran into them, like the wide awake guy, like Shane. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Dude, they're great. They're just they're just characters, man, and they just do so much stuff. They're just very interesting. They were very to. funny to talk to. Yeah, I had the actually when we were doing a podcast uh, because you know that was really unique during the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I kept mine going. You sons <laughs> I know, of bitches. Right? Yeah, we all we all quit, man. Uh, we were posers, um, but when we were doing our podcast, we, it was called Creator Burn, and it was just kind of talking about, like, yeah, what's your drive for creativity and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but we had them on there, and they were just awesome, so I would definitely suggest them. Okay, uh, Shane and your lovely wife, uh, I met you once when I was giving you a ride from the airport, no questions asked, people, <laughs> and uh, you were a ton of fun to talk to. I'd love to have you on here, uh, and thank you all for listening. I know you have a lot of options for podcasts to listen to. Like Davis said, we all started one, but I'm the only one that lived. No more Rogan, no more Mark Marin. it's only me. I am the alpha and the, uh, we're still ending angry, god damn it. <laughs> aggression, aggression. Well, you see, we started aggressive, and then we realized we were like puppy dogs and yeah. then we were like wait hold on no I still gotta it's like the uh, it's it's like I said earlier it's like a angry sandwich filled with a soft yeah. fluffy uh, cream in I, I will say this actually I will I will would like to end on a positive note of because I realized I kind of was I don't want to say shitting on the scene but of art around here but I think that the I, the fact that in Kansas City that we have as many people as we do pursuing artistic ventures whether it's like you know the painting or the filmmaking or the comedy like the idea that we consistently have new people coming through Mm -hmm. and do actually have support within that even so i think that is pretty incredible I do, too. I think it's lovely. There's more talent and more support in this city, uh, such as Barrel of the Bombs, where we film this or record this or wherever, and there's more locally run shows now than I can ever think. And uh, I thank you all for tuning in and running these shows and listening to this one. And again, I have been Lynn Navratel. And I've been Davis D-Rock. So thank you all for listening. We'll see you all later. Bye! (laughs) You're supposed to say with me, bye! Bye! (laughs) 
Okay, this is our teaser trailer after the Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> turns out we forgot to promote what Davis actually does. Uh, Davis, do you want to plug everything that you have coming up? Yeah, sure. Yeah, this is our end credit scene. Um, yeah, so uh, my website with my co-partner uh, Chad Crenshaw is c2d2films.com. That's where you can check out a lot of our sketches that we've done over the years, a lot of short films. Um, currently, we are... Uh, about to finish up our festival run for our short film Shift, which is a dramedy about two friends. One of them's going through some stuff, it's like sneaks out of a hospital to kind of go on a last hoorah with his buddy. Um, and then that'll hopefully be online soon for people to see it on a streaming service. So look it up on, I think it's going to be on Fandor. Mm -hmm. If not, uh, it'll just be online. <laughs> it's, uh, I believe it's pronounced FanDuel.com. Fan Fan you can bet on whether you're going to like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, also, I love that this was our end credit scene when the reality, it's just the credits of it's you giving credits. it. <laughs> <It's just laughs> That's credits. really funny. Okay, uh, we love everyone. Bye again. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>